Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Back into it. Dozen minutes away from a news update. The health agency that uh, was announced earlier today by the minister who will be joining us into hour three of the Oakley show. We'll get around to uh, discussing whether or not uh, that is actually going to be something that'll get off without a hitch because a lot of critics are suggesting early on that this is uh, a it was already telegraphed, but a super agency is not the route to take. Before we get to that, I just wanted to uh, delve into something else rather quickly. Kevin Gadet is with us, Alyssa Freeman and John Carmichael as the CEO of the Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council and uh, someone who has worked with the GM product for a lot of years. Tomorrow, Toronto is putting forth Mike Layton-sponsored motion to ban uh, Mexican-made GM vehicles from Toronto's fleet. 5,500 in the fleet. They say about 370 are GM product. Uh, How do you you see that? I think the city's totally offside going down that path. You got a company that we still have 2,500 workers. They're employing some 5,000 technology, high-tech workers in either uh, the city of Toronto and the GTA in Markham or Oshawa. It's a big employment center, and I think to take a run at the factory uh, in this type of environment, uh, in, I mean, they're they're taking a run at commercial, uh, viable commercial operations in dealers who are independent dealers. And, and as far as the Mexican product coming into Toronto, according to General Motors, what I heard today is that none of it will be coming into Toronto regardless. So I think it's I think they're uh, I think they're taking a swipe at the wrong uh, at the wrong uh, pillar here. All right. Well, the VIN number is supposed to start with three if it's coming out of Mexico. So uh, people will be checking, I guess, uh, under the front glass or wherever the VIN number is to be found. However, the other thing is that uh, the labor board here in Ontario has decided that uh, these strikes by Unifor are illegal, and uh, the cease and desist order that was issued is, I guess, at the behest of the parent company, GM, saying, you know, these guys have disrupted our business, and they went to the board, and the board has ruled today. And uh, now it's effectively a court decision, which could result in contempt of court findings, leading to fines or even jail terms uh, for the likes of Jerry Diaz or whomever. I mean, was the company right They're to They were all pursue- named. Yeah, they were. Yeah, which is incredible. I, I hadn't heard of that before. Well, and how do you feel about it? I mean, uh, again, with the Ontario Motor Vehicle <laughs> Council, I mean, is it necessary for the company to kind of go medieval? Medieval? Well, I'm just saying they're going playing hardball, John. I'm I'm, I'm there for hardball. <laughs> uh, no, I uh, listen. I think uh, I think it's a, an unfair tactic. It's unfortunate. I it, it's heartbreaking to see the the manufacturing facilities in Oshawa closed. Uh, we relied on them for a lot of years, but we still have big plants in uh, down Woodstock Way. We have parts suppliers. We have all kinds of manufacturing facilities in the province that depend on success of the retail market. And I think Unifor, who do have no play in the in the retail side, are taking an unfair swipe at uh, at General Motors. All right. Well, uh, the Labor Board seemed to find so as well. Now, let me just move to uh, the health file because this is what... Uh, 
is going to be spoken of for the next uh, 24, 48 hours, I guess, in depth, and we'll get to it in hour three with Minister Elliott. Kevin Gadette, let me ask you, because the idea that you've got Ontario Health now, uh, sort of the umbrella operation or agency, the super agency, uh, amalgamating about 20 agencies, including eHealth, Cancer Care Ontario, uh, the LINs, the 14 LINs, so on and so forth, reorganizing bureaucracies, uh, will this find favor or disfavor with the public, you think? I think that we're going to have to wait and see. Um, at, a, at a high level, there are too many bureaucrats, and every time you remove one of those, you could add a doctor or a nurse or, or some type of healthcare practitioner to get the service more towards the pointy end of the needle instead of you know the expensive bureaucratic side. And I think to a great extent, that's what behind, what's behind Minister Elliott's announcements today. The fact of the matter is, though, that... Uh, and this is expectations management side of such an announcement, these types of changes take a little while, and they're going to need to add in a bunch of other ones before we probably see a lot of direct impact on patient care. In fact, the minister did say that in her announcement today, this is going to take a few years, so the jury's going to have to be out for a while. Well, let's hear that clip. Uh, This is Christine Elliott earlier today in announcing this transformation of health care to Ontario Health, saying people need not be alarmed that the health care rug's being yanked out from underneath their feet. The situation that we're working with to make sure that we are able to connect people to care is going to save money down the road, but it's going to take years for this system to become mature. And in terms of jobs, we know that there are many people that are going to continue in this system. People will continue to access their same care providers. Nothing is going to change for now. All right, and Alyssa, let me ask you then, because as you heard, and Kevin alluded to it, it's going to take years to mature, but you know how fickle the public can be. So this is really, to my mind anyway, a sales job now that they've got to mount and convince people that this was the right move to make. Am I wrong? Uh, You're absolutely right, and I think they need to do a better job on this, John, because when we discussed this, I believe it was last week, I said, and we all agreed, that it would be so critical on how they message this to the public. And I watched the the outtakes of that press conference, and I listened to her very carefully. And what I was hoping to hear was more narrative about reassurance, more narrative about not exactly how this is going to work, but enough to give me a sense that something is actually happening, and it sounds like there's a plan. And I did not get that. I was even looking for sort of like a a clever soundbite, and I didn't get that either. So what I heard was super agency, uh, we will be dismantling everything, it's going to take a long time, and somehow we're all going to save money. And even when somebody asked her, well, how is this going to work, you know, in the communities, well, you're going to make a team, and the team will have mental health, and we'll have this person, that person, and then we're going to uh, approve that team. And I'm thinking, what, well, what is this? This is really, really short on details. And as a health consumer, it kind of made me feel a little wary of what exactly we're in for. All right. Well, I will be asking the minister in hour three. I'm just asking you now, though. I mean, uh, selling the project, uh, you know, being in politics, John, that uh, sometimes even the best laid plans of mice and men uh, go astray because the messaging is off or it's not convincing or you're not doing a good enough job getting out in front of it. Uh, How do you see this one playing out going forward? Well, I think Minister Elliott has a big job ahead of her, and I think she's a very capable minister who will absolutely deliver on what we're expecting as consumers. Uh, she's going to deliver a, a, a more regional, centralized um, uh, facility that uh, connects uh, practitioners to patients. Um, I think it's trying to modernize what <clears throat> we've dealt with for the past 15 years with the LINs 
and uh, and clearly reducing overhead at the top end and uh, and putting the practitioners in direct relationship with the consumer, I think is the right place to go. So, Kevin, when they say no jobs lost, uh, when you grandfather things out or through attrition, does that count as a job loss? Well, I think when people talk about no job losses, they mean no immediate firings. I hadn't realized she said that. Um, and if she did, I actually would say that's too bad because I actually think we need to do some of that so that we can rebalance. And again, as I mentioned, get the resources towards the pointy end of the, pointy end of the needle. I think, in all candor, this government, they, on one hand, they want to be careful to avoid the 100,000 job cut that Tim Hudak tripped over when he ran the election campaign. Having said that, in order to get a government, this government to get its budget balanced, and also to provide services where it needs it instead of bureaucrats moistening tears, people actually providing services that they should probably actually axe a few bodies. Yeah, well, in fairness to her, let me just say, uh, she didn't say she would, well, she wasn't really clear on what the costs would be and uh, in terms of money or, you know, jobs, but uh, she wasn't clear. So who knows, maybe that's still to come. For, for, for example, Johnny, like, I can't remember the exact number, forgive me, what is it, like 14 LINs, and each LIN has an executive director. Do we, hopefully we're going to get rid of, of, I don't know, all of them, um, you know, which won't be cheap, by the way, in the short term, um, but we probably don't need 14 of them continuing running, or whatever the number was, 37. No, it was 14. You, you are correct about that, Alyssa. I think that what I would have liked to hear more of is on the on-the-ground feeling that we as Ontarians have with our health care system. Perhaps more, you know, things that were more along the lines of, we know how hard it is to navigate. We know what it's like when you have an elderly parent or a sick child and trying to figure out which agency to call and which number to call. What we're trying to do is stream that for you. And she did mention that about this is all about the patient, this is all about patient care, but it was almost as an afterthought. And I think that what the, you know, Minister Elliott's going to have to do is reorganize her messaging because she needs to sound a little bit more empathetic about this. This was a very cut and dried press conference and, and it is a, it's a, it, it's a huge beast. I, I understand understand that, but I think she's got to sound more empathetic, and I think she's got to put more patient narrative that speaks to Ontarians up front so that we know that she has our best interests at heart. Well, we'll find out to see if she's more emotive. She's going to join us here shortly into the third hour of the Oakley Show. We'll conclude this one. I appreciate you all coming in, and uh, hope you get away. The storm is coming tomorrow. Have you had enough of winter already, John? I'm done. You're I'm done. done. <laughs> they called, I've got they my clubs in be, the back of the car. They said we're going to be in a snow globe. <laughs> oh. Like, uh, 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 what does that mean? Uh-huh. Okay, just a big paperweight. It's been reduced to that. My life has no meaning otherwise. Uh, I appreciate you all coming in this Tuesday afternoon. Kevin Goodette joining us on the line. Safe travels to your next destination. Alyssa Freeman, John Carmichael. Thank you all. Uh, we'll do it again soon. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 